0: This is Do We Like Movies? It's a podcast where two guys review individual movies, sequels, and occasional television shows. In this show, we talk about our experiences with them, and we answer the question, Do we like this movie? do we like movies i'm your host angel
1: oh and i'm your host javi coming in hot with energy and power baby
0: dude do you realize this is the first time that we've done an episode of this show since like june
1: (laughs) dude we told people we were coming back and then we lied
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right well i'm sure people have kind of picked it up at this point but uh you know between a lot of stuff that was going on for us in, in during the summer. It's just, it's been really busy, and we haven't yeah. been able to get back uh, to the show.
1: Yeah, sorry y'all, I had a court-mandated rehab because I'm addicted to Rage-A-Hall. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, back in the saddle again, just in time for spooky season. I know we ended in the in the middle of our Oakland festival, and don't worry, all five of you that wanted us to talk about Moneyball, welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's be
1: we'll go we'll back, back to, to it yeah eventually but let's be
0: real what people really want from us is horror because horror movies are i swear i think some of the highest traffic episodes that we have on the show
1: dude people love horror and people love horror like the genre in general be like horror podcasts are always kicking ass like don't get me wrong i'm glad we are multifaceted and we've been able to do a lot of, I've, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of movies other- I otherwise never would have watched because of the, of the podcast. And I like having mm-hmm. like different, a variety of things we can cover and we can talk about. But man, for some reason, like horror, I don't know if it's because we're the horror fans, but it just has like a soft spot in my heart that I love coming back to every spooky season.
0: I kind of agree. I mean, uh, definitely, it's been one of my favorite genres uh, to watch growing up. And the fact that we've been able to cover so many of them on this show has been pretty good. Um, Pretty exciting. I think, uh, you know, we'll release our full slate of what we're going to do leading up to Halloween um, after this episode has been released. But I'm definitely excited to see, you know, a couple things I haven't seen before. And uh revisit some things that I have seen before, which I guess brings us to today's episode today's episode we're doing the twenty twelve found footage horror movie v h s um, man we haven't done this in a while. <laughs> let's go ahead and uh just kind of jump into it. uh what is your experience with the movie v h s because you and I have both seen it at this point
1: dude, we've seen it so many times. I thought we covered this movie on the podcast already um I've made friends watch sequels. <laughs> this is this movie is a very interesting, but like, you don't see too many anthology films, and I think like horror movies are probably the only ones that still do anthology movies. You got like ABC's of Death, Tales from the Hood. You got this. No, um, you know those those are the ones that kind of come to mind. But it's like you got all these, mo- you got these movies where they don't really. Le- oh, Trick or Treat is another one that comes to mind. Uh, another anthology movie. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that doesn't lend itself to any other genre outside of horror, <laughs> and I think that's just because of yeah. the, the thing of horror just being easy to get into and get out of. Um, but yeah, like I think my experience with this movie is probably you telling me about it and telling me this is super spooky, and we're <laughs> gonna watch it for. <laughs> For October, and I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. Mind you, this must have been easily over 10 years ago, and I think that's kind of when my yeah. love for horror movies kind of like came back. Um, yes, so yeah, this is like. It it's really interesting because it is a it has a couple of Mumble Gore guys, it has a couple of uh it has a couple of, like these guys that would go on to make some elevated horror. It's got uh Radio Silence that makes uh that makes a lot of people uh or that some people might remember from the Scream Six. Um mm-hmm. and Scream five.
0: they're they're and, pretty much the Scream franchise at this point. Oh yeah, essentially um, they're in charge of the high reboot. West
1: yeah i was and...
0: anyone who's seen x or uh house of the devil yeah New him K-Birds, and all his mobile like, like, 2000s yeah early twenty or early twenty tens um yeah those are like the kinds of movies that that he's done and then also Adam wingard who does the or and adam wingard i guess does the uh you know the kind of like prologue and uh you know. Main story that revolves around the tapes that we're watching, and he is now most known for having done Godzilla vs. Kong.
1: So uh, it is insane to watch this movie now and be like, these were a bunch of nobodies like 10, 12 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) And now Mm -hmm. to see everything they've done and how much they've revitalized and how much they've changed uh, horror in the last like decade is pretty awesome. Uh, But it's cool to see, you know, where where it came from. Yeah,
0: I mean, my experience with this movie, you know, I was the one who told you about it. I had a buddy of mine, um, a couple friend of ours, that my, you know, then girlfriend, now wife, we went to go watch this movie with them at an old theater. Uh, well, you can say yeah, he's been on the show. since. Told me... It's a theater that you've <laughs> since told me doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> which is kind of unfortunate, but it also was a very creepy movie theater that used to be... <laughs> it, it, it used to be near... Uh, the uh, which one university of cal berkeley oh! uh, in that area right
1: the united artists theater out in yeah. berkeley yeah oh my god that theater was yeah. creepy as hell
0: yeah no and, and and they didn't really have like a garage and like that you had to either park in the street or you had to find some like Creepy garage, like down the block or a couple blocks away. Again, it's a college town, right? It's a college town, and it's just there's so much traffic everywhere that sometimes, mm-hmm. if you're lucky, you'll find like a space in front, but most of the time, you got to park somewhere in the back.
1: But that and block that, yeah, is yeah, this
0: move is just kind of like
1: I was gonna say that block is super out of place because it feels like modern college town modern college town then you get to that block where that movie theater was and it's like 1980s disgusting new york block (laughs) (laughs) where everything has neon colors
0: and including inside the theater right you go inside the theater and it's it's very much an old theater um and yeah that was the environment in which we went to watch uh when in which we went to watch this movie. So um, really I, I think maybe that probably contributed to why I found it <laughs> so to be so creepy. But um, <laughs> I, I thought it was really good. I, again, you and I have seen a lot like this movie, I think several times at this point. But it's been a while since I've seen this original film. And I think there's been so many movies in this franchise because it's become a film series at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been so many that I think you and I have both discussed that we are kind of, it's hard to remember which segment goes to which movie.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So it was important to get a rewatch of this. And I really discovered during watching this that it's been a while since I've seen this particular original. So,
1: Dude, it's crazy because this might be the longest or might have it the most um shorts of all the movies. I need to go back and look at them. Now. Mm-hmm. But I think this one has what if you take out the frame narrative, Tape 56. You got Amateur Night, Second Honeymoon, Tuesday the 17th, uh the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger, and then 103198. Yeah, you have five short films all over the yeah. course of a 2-hour movie. Maybe a little bit more than two hours. Um, but yeah, like going into this movie right away, I was like, oh, this th- it's really interesting because you would think that having five main vignettes plus the the framing story, it would run long or it would take forever. It, but surprisingly, like through really good editing, it's actually a well paced like story and they do a pretty good job of jumping through stuff pretty seamlessly. Mm mm-hmm
0: they also do a pretty good job at running at, at like at following the rules of horror shorts and i think it, it it it's an art there is an art to horror shorts like a lot of them are supernatural stories um they're usually you can find a lot of them on youtube if you ever want to go down a really good youtube hole just search horror short films on youtube and you will find so much good stuff there um i think you and i have talked about this before on another episode of the show that the movie, uh, Lights Out, came from an original, like, originally it was a YouTube short. And uh, it, it's like, you know, it. it's so good. A lot of these things can be so good as these, like, segments. That Again, it's usually, it revolves around something supernatural. Or just, it, it all leads up to a twist or a surprise in the end. And I, I think they do a really good job at following this. Um,
1: yeah, I think you're right. Like, we, they follow the formula pretty well. And... Uh, I mean each i mean they're they're they, these are all some pretty strong candidates for especially being like the first v h s to come out
0: first thing I discovered watching this for the first time in a long time there's a lot of sex crimes in this, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I texted you about that while we were watching this I, it's pretty shocking it's an uncomfortable amount some of the stuff that is happening <laughs> yeah, yeah. So- like i mean we're we're the, we're the way it starts is we're revolving around this like crime gang there's like gang of delinquents that they just like uh film themselves which is again it's one of those things that maybe was like oh my god this is what people are doing like in 2012 like before we kind of started live streaming and kind of started like you know recording so much of our lives and stuff uh but (laughs) they're basically filming themselves doing crimes which is like breaking into stuff Breaking yeah, shit, buildings, yeah,
1: destroying, sexually windows.
0: assaulting women—like <laughs> it and, is pretty ghastly. Some of the stuff that they're doing,
1: and a lot of this is reminiscent of the. <laughs> they're basically like drugs, right? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. They're essentially all the bad guys from fucking A Clockwork Orange, and it's like it's very reminiscent of how you used to hear about uh about like kids back in or, you know, in the early 2010s that would play knockout, and they were, their goal was to just go around knocking people out as hard as possible. But the thing is, these guys are, like, they look like they're in their 30s. <laughs> it looked like our age, and I'm like, yeah. this isn't cheeky and... Hilarious crimes. I'm like, you guys are actual criminals and, like, sexual salience. You should all go to jail. <laughs> like, you find out that they take videos of them sexually uh, harassing and assaulting women to then sell for, like, 200 bucks on the dark web. Um, they ta- They do weird little jobs to, like, smash things around their weird hometown. Which, very even the the city they live in is kind of creepy because everything looks so desolate. it looks like it's in the middle of winter, so it's just like no one is out, and it's literally just these like five dudes mm-hmm. out in a lawless in a lawless town doing whatever the hell they want. They end up taking the job to uh to go into a house to try to find uh, one specific v h s t right. And as they go in, uh, they're hoping that they're going to make more money in one night than they have like an entire week of being like scumbags. Um, and when they enter the house, you know, they see an old man sitting in front of these television playing white noise and all around him are just all these VHS tapes. Um, So pretty much the main scumbag and his friends uh, start going room by room looking for uh, the specific tape. Meanwhile, they all take turns uh, playing tapes they find uh, in the VCR. So that's what kind of justifies the found footage nature of a lot of the shorts we're going to watch. And this is like the framing device to how us as the audience are going to be ingesting a lot of this content. And one of them um, ends up right, finding so one and video. ends up putting one in called Amateur Night. This is
0: honestly of—I I think this is the one that I walked out of the theater the first time I had watched this movie of thinking of the most because—and I'll explain why as we're getting into it. But uh-huh. It's okay. So they're doing this like it's—it's it's a glasses camera that one of the guys uh, is wearing. Mm-hmm. So they're basically using him. Like, you know, like it's glasses cam so that they can film their, you know, night out, you know, bar hopping. And I guess the idea is that they, at some point, plan to encounter women and bring them to whatever motel room they're staying at uh, so that they can, like, film basically in amateur porn. (laughs) We're going to go from people who are you know, literally assaulting women to now other people who are planning to film women without their consent. And it does seem like they're, you know, that they are getting women at these places that are interested in them. Um And in particular, there's two of them. One of them is a girl who, you know, brings her friends along and they all kind of like hang out together. And then in the background, you know approaching them slowly but like just like a character like in a horror film (laughs) is is the character of lily who Mm -hmm. is this like goth looking bug-eyed girl (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) who who is just like just staring at our main character and like to the point where like you almost wonder if she knows that like his glasses are a camera Mm -hmm. because all she literally does is stare at the audience and i think Probably the thing that creeped me out the most about, you know, about it is the fact that she's staring directly into the camera. It's different from other found footage movies, right? Like you have one person who's kind of like filming something and in found footage, they're not really looking at the camera. Usually people are addressing whoever is behind the camera. So if you watch something like Colonel My Activity and it's like the characters of Katie and Mika, usually Katie will be talking to, you know, Mika or you know you're talking to the cameraman and you're not exactly looking at them you're looking behind them you're looking to the side of the camera so it's not like a direct like you're not directly looking at them and I think the creepy part about this is that Lily is looking directly at you the entire time
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: anytime that she is there talking uh talking to Clint I guess Clint is the, uh, the person with the glasses his mm-hmm. name and uh, and every time she's talking to him, like yes, she was looking directly at us.
1: And it's like also the way she moves is very interesting because it is very like smooth, kind of like sudden, sudden, like very animalistic, kind of like a snake, you know, like a lot of snake like movements kind of when mm. she's going around. And I don't know if it's a makeup decision, but there's like this weird indent on her forehead. And you don't really know Mm -hmm. if it's a scar or something until later on. (laughs) So it's like they, yeah, they do a really good job of making her very clearly stand out while at the same time, the actress does a good job of like, kind of like staying in the background, uh, only showing up every once in a while, being very mousy and quiet. Like there's several times when she's around Clint that she just like tells him like, just whispers at him. I like you. And it's funny because Clint yeah. is all of us drunk as shit at, out going out into the bars, just be like, "What would you say? I didn't hear you."
0: He's very oblivious. Oh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah he's which a, makes sense an idiot. Right? Like, when you are dr-
0: when you are shit faced. It is hard to focus on what you know people are telling you. But it's like it, it, we see it as the audience that it's weird and out of the ordinary. But hey, you're as drunk as Clint is, it probably is like. You're not really going to think about it much. Um, so two of these girls um, that were in the bar, you know, one of them is Lily, and then the other one is this red-haired girl that was there um, with her friends. Like, ends up saying, "Hey, you know, we'll go. I'll go with you. Where are we going?" And all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Lily decides to go in there with them. It's so weird and it's creepy. Like, it's, it's it is one of those really creepy things because you would think that like. I get the impression that the men think that maybe Lily and the red-haired girl know each other, or maybe they were both in the same friend group. But Lily was very clearly, like, just out of, like, it wasn't even part of that friend group. <laughs> the idea of bringing the other with you is just, like, really creepy to me. Everyone else finds it normal, but it, like, it doesn't feel normal. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's something weird about it, and it's just slightly enough off that it just, like, it creeps you the fuck up.
1: Well, you see, it's because you've never been, you've never partied with a group like this, Angel. You've never openly done blow (laughs) in a Uber that's taking you back to your two-star roach motel where you're about to hump. Okay.
0: No, I mean, like, once they get into the motel room, it looks like uh, one of the other guys is going to, you know, end up getting with the red-haired girl, and both of them are pretty sloshed. But uh, next thing you know, she, you know, the the red-haired girl does pass out. Mm -hmm. And
1: And to their credit,
0: thankfully, at least one of the other friends in the group, yes, to their credit, slightly to their, enough to their credit, they at least understand, hey, she's not really good enough to, to consent to anything. So they leave her just there, passed
1: out. And that lets our scumbag friend turn his attentions towards Lily. Uh, and he pretty much start. Yes. He starts making out with her, and you can tell she really wants to be with uh Clint. So she tries Clint. to kind of initiate mm-hmm. a threesome between them. Um, yes. And while the other friend starts getting naked, seeing uh, actions about to happen, Clint kind of freaks out and goes running into the bathroom.
0: It's funny that like that 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 you know the friend who had the enough what's it uh, enough of a conscience (laughs) to mention hey you know don't leave that girl alone who's passed out he doesn't seem willing to wait for Lily to give consent before he starts undressing himself to try to join the streets of himself
1: he's like I know where this is going
0: (laughs) and very clearly she does not want it to go there but yeah Clint is freaks out and and stressed out and runs to the bathroom and and just oh shit oh shit oh shit
1: i was about to say you're about to commit a sex crime this girl's very clearly like actually into you because she keeps saying i like you you're about to you know with your friends you know become a part of this weird sex act which maybe you're probably not a hundred percent cool with anyway like, yeah, I've I really felt for the kid. Like, you can tell he's not actively a douchebag. Like, um, at least I think Shane, I think Shane is the other one that kind of initiates a lot of the, a lot of the weird sex pesty stuff. Um, but
0: yeah. Yeah, he seems like he's probably the one most likely to commit a crime.
1: <laughs> he looks like, Shane looks like he belongs on a registry. <laughs> he
0: like he will get himself into trouble and his rich lawyer dad will get him out
1: he looks like that uh he does not take no for an answer While clint is trying to get his stuff together and try to calm himself down in comes running patrick the other friend uh that was uh that kind of stopped shane from uh having sex with the with the unconscious girl um and then he starts talking about how the other group, how Lily like bit him in the middle of, uh, you know, like the intercourse. And now, it, you know, he's bleeding profusely. He's freaking out. He's trying mm-hmm. to cover himself with the, uh, or he's trying to wrap himself with like, uh, what's it called a, a towel. Um, and when they go outside to, they, you know, they slowly leave the, uh, try to exit the bathroom. um, They kind of approach Shane and Lily, and they suddenly see that Lily's face contorts and becomes, like, this bat-like, like, like a bat-like demonic face, (laughs) where where her forehead's, like, (laughs) split open, and she grows these fangs, and she starts, like, ripping into Shane like he's a piece of meat, just, like, tearing apart his insides, uh, meanwhile sucking his blood. Uh, The other two run back to the bathroom in a panic. Patrick uh, tries to grab a uh, towel rack to use as a weapon. And when he runs back out, he swings at Lily. Lily ends up blocking it and just starts ripping him apart. (laughs) And then, like, she (laughs) starts eating him in front of Clint. And, like, while Clint is trying to escape, he, like, falls next to Lily as she's eating... uh, And she's eating, uh, I think, Patrick. And then she ends up, like, reaching into him. And I'm like, what is she grabbing? (laughs) You just hear a wet splorch sound as she rips out his cock and balls and throws them at Clint.
0: Yeah.
1: I was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, do they get their comeuppance hard? Meanwhile, the other girl's asleep through the entire ordeal. So, uh at this point, Clint is able to escape out the front door. He takes off running, and ju- he goes down two flights of stairs, and as he makes it down to the third one, he eats shit and breaks his arm. Oh, God. And they show you the bones sticking oh, out of his flesh. Flatbread. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And then as, you know, and then uh Demon, Demon Lily ends up approaching him, saying that she likes him over and over again and, oh, God. And,
0: <laughs> in fear that she actually like tries to perform oral sex on him. I guess fear boner he time? Absolutely does not want because obviously his friends were all dead and his arm is very clearly broken. And she seems like really like upset about it. <laughs> like like she seems hurt. And then all of a sudden gets like angry and (laughs) while he sees her crying, he tries to run out to which like, she actually scoops him up and takes him into the, like he's he's, flying in the sky with him. And (laughs) And that's when his, uh, you know, his camera glasses finally fall
1: off. I love that. We don't see too many people of color in this film, but I'm like, there's going to be a group of Pisces sitting in that parking lot drinking. Because that's what feels like would happen at this time of month. <laughs>
0: and well, it's also like I think Austin, right? Like, like a lot of these film, a lot of these filmmakers are based in Austin. Mm-hmm. So you would think somewhere like in Texas that, like you know, of course you would see like that's what you would see like outside anywhere.
1: And lo and behold, just as I call it, there's a bunch of guys drinking beer just as this guy gets picked up and taken away by the suckiness. So, um also fun fact about this movie, this is actually uh, one of the films from this seri- uh from this uh specific one um entry of VHS, they got a spin-off called Psychosis.
0: Yeah, which I've never actually seen. So, I'm I'm curious to watch it now that I know that some of these have spun off into
1: feature length and all. Yeah, I read the synopsis. It's um yeah, it, it it seems different. It, much different. And I think they like expand a lot and include a lot more lore and world building, which I find interesting. I've never actually seen it, though. I'm hoping to yeah, track it down. I, I think
0: it's a risk. It's a risky proposition, right? Mm-hmm. It's a risky proposition, right? Because it's like, I think we just talked about it, like the horror short Lights Out, which I think is one of the best horror shorts I've ever seen. And I've seen the full feature length movie from 2017. And even though it starts really creepy, I just don't think that it can sustain uh, kind of like the level of interest and horror that you know that 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 uh, you know ten minute to fifteen minute short can. And I think it's just like why some of these things aren't built to be that long.
1: Yeah, there's certain gimmicks that they kind of run their course, and you can only watch them for about twenty minutes tops. Including some of the movies in this uh, in this entry, you know? Um, but yeah, that takes us to entry number two. I mean, do you really want to go into, like, tape 56 and, like...
0: No, not really. I, I don't mind just get going through... Because a lot of the stuff that's happening with our characters that are going through these tapes aren't really that interesting. Yep. It really uh, is the shorts. Pretty much, like... We are here for the shorts. I mean,
1: <laughs> give me your shorts! <laughs> Uh, pretty much I mean <laughs> I might as well just knock it out real Eat quick. all of our shirts, <laughs> you know, just to knock it out real quick, essentially, what happens in between all the shorts is uh more like more of the scumbags go missing, and then they'll find a cl- they'll find the tape and they'll play it. Meanwhile, you find out that the old dead guy is not necessarily old or dead um. Which kind of brings us up until mm-hmm. the final confrontation between that old guy and uh, lead scumbag. Um, but yeah, like yeah, it's it's a good framing device. But like Angel said, there's not there's not much of a story there to write home about. So uh, with that one, we'll go into the Ty West directed short Second Honeymoon. I remember referencing mm-hmm. this one, in, I forgot what movie we recently re- we reviewed before we took our break. Um, t- talking about the fear of someone just going into your home and fucking with your shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. I really can't remember what we were talking about, but it'll be interesting to, 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 to figure that out. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm pretty sure we have discussed this one. as well. Um, so our main characters in this one are Sam and Stephanie. They are a married couple that's traveling, I guess, through Arizona or, their honeymoon um and they're like you know on this road trip clearly they're traveling to lots of different places um and (laughs) we're kind of pick up with them when they're like near the grand canyon right like i mean i get i get the desire to go like on like like i know people who have done these kinds of like road trips and they do love it and appreciate it it's i don't know if i'd be into it that's (laughs) just the 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 Like, just being in a car with someone for days and, you know, it's like you're already, when you're driving on vacation, you're, like, anxieties at a thousand because (laughs) you're driving and trying not to die when you're driving to where you're going. (laughs) And, like, all the potential car problems you can get, it's just, it's a stressful way to travel. Um, But I get why people like it because, you know, it's the only way that you may get to see some of the, you know, wonders of different states. They're near uh, the Grand Canyon in some, like, Wild West-themed, like, place. And I've been to places like this. I think when we talk about Nope, we, we like, saw, like, what is it? Like, Jupes, Jupiter's, uh, Jupiter's Claim, I think yeah. is what
1: it was called. Mm-hmm. Which
0: was, uh, yeah, which is like, the, the, the little Wild West town that was there. I've been to Nevada a couple times, and we've been to places, like, near Carson City where, uh, they they have like they actually have these things that exist, like these little towns that are just kind of like you know these old Wild West attractions. Um, so it's like it, it, they go through these, and in one of them, they find like these fortune teller things, which I remember used I, I like, used to see those at stuff like Circus Circus before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, in there, like except it's like a prospector, right? And it, it just tells them about. I don't know what I don't even remember what it says, but it says something about b- being reunited with someone, and um, it's just like one of those things where, it's like, almost like reading like a fortune in a fortune cookie, right? It Doesn't really make a lot of sense, but obviously because you know we're in a horror short, it's going to be a harbinger of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, w- there's a scene, you know, when they're in their motel. And they're starting to get ready for bed. You know, like it's it, it it kind of reminds me in some ways of like something like the strangers, right? I think yeah. there's like the when they're when they're getting in the mood, that's when they get a knock on the door and it's some weird woman who's like, you know, asking weird questions. You don't really hear you don't really get to hear the conversation. Like you hear someone knock on the door and then the cameraman, you know, Sam ends up going to the front door to talk to her the camera's off while that happened mm. Then the camera goes back on he has already talked to her he's sitting on the bed really creeped out which is like theater of the mind right it's like you can only imagine the conversation that he had with this you know person that he thinks is like a crazy woman and he seems really kind of shaken up by the conversation that he had and like you know like i think both of them are like no it's probably someone who's got drug problems and they you know, we, it's just that kind of stuff. They were, we were going to call the police, but then she kind of just left after she was standing around there for a long time, just kind of staring, which is creepy. That's the thing about like found footage, right? It's like, because it is like shot in a way where like it, it feels quote unquote real because it's on a camcorder, like you get the feeling of, you almost feel what the main characters are going through. Yeah, they yeah. seem creeped out and because you're sitting there looking at the person that's staring in there, it's different than someone telling you a story about something that happened to them once. You're actually seeing it, and again, it is the fear of the unknown about, you know, in the world that looks exactly like the world you live in, but the one thing that seems off, that it just, it throws off, like, it just throws your balance off, and it's creepy. Yeah,
1: and it's... Uh, like, like you were saying, that's actually a really a really good point that I never thought about, like the importance of that degrees of separation as from the main character to the audience is that even though these characters have names and even though they have like their own backstories and stuff like that, like it's something still creeping, knowing that we're kind of inserting ourselves as characters watching their experience, <laughs> and then of course, like you said, having to. Then fill in the blanks about the stuff we don't know. Like, what was that conversation that went down? And how creepy it was.
0: If we then cut to uh, the middle of the night, right? When they're asleep, someone has turned the camera on. It is very clearly the person that was waiting, that was waiting outside that has done that. And, you know, both of, both Sam and Stephanie are sleeping on separate beds. It looks like these two small beds that they've been in. And, you know, whoever this person is kind of looks at Sam. And then turns around and, like, focuses more on Stephanie. Mm -hmm. And when they see Stephanie, they, like, lift up the blankets, showing her in her underwear. And, yeah, you're like, okay, this is creepy and gross. But Mm -hmm. then they take out a switchblade and they run the switchblade, you know, down her leg or whatever. Or, like, you know, her lower body. Very sensually. It's there to freak you out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, they steal money from Sam's wallet and then probably the thing that just never gets out of my mind because it's so fucking random and like horrifyingly gross Mm -hmm. i think this is the part that where you feel the most violated of all of them is that they grab (laughs) sam's toothbrush and they and they basically like use it in the toilet dude swish it in the toilet and it's just it's nasty because it's like, you know the next day that he woke up, you brushed his teeth with it, and he probably never thought about
1: it. Dude, if I ever piss someone off enough to the point where they torture me before they kill me, like, you can do what you want, you can, you can smash my junk, you can, like, punch me with barbed wire knuckles, you can put, you can stick hounds with bees in their mouths so every time they bark they shoot bees <laughs> at me. Just, whatever you do, don't wash my toilet with my toothbrush and then tell me about it <laughs>
0: like, dude that is like it is, it is really biological warfare
1: <laughs> like that's so disgusting and like even if you do do it just make sure i never find out about it <laughs> like oh man and it's funny because the you know wait oh, did sam and staff did they uh, sleep in separate beds That's so weird. They're on their honeymoon.
0: Yeah, it it was. Yeah, well, I guess the idea was that I guess they were trying to get a a one room with a with a single bed, but they ended up with one of those double beds. Which is, you know, hey, when you're like traveling and either haven't reserved something or are just looking for whatever has a vacancy, sometimes
1: you find those kinds of things. Mm. But um. But yeah. Anyway, I like how it cuts in the morning, and immediately you just see Sam like brushing his teeth with this shitty fucking toothbrush, and you as an audience are yeah. just like that's disgusting. And also points to Sam for being a shitty uh, partner because he immediately goes from accusing to gaslighting his wife when it comes to losing the money. <laughs> And he's like, babe, I have like a hundred books in here. Yeah. Did you take it? And when she says no, you had to have taken it because no one else could take it.
0: <laughs> Which granted. Which I kind of get that. It's like, I, I do get that. It's like, it's like who else could do it? And it's like, those are a couple arguments that you have. It's like, if it wasn't you, then who was it? But it's. You know, and you always think it's the other person. And that's really because it's, it's a, uh, that's who he's there with. That's his partner. You know, it's his wife. And then the other one is just like, you know, the last thing you're gonna think about is that someone snuck into your room in the middle of the night.
1: (laughs) But it's funny because it's Ty West, so it's like Ty West was always good at playing like a douchebag. Like remember when he's the Mm -hmm. brother in uh in your (laughs) neck? Yeah. So it's like even though I know he's the victim and I'm supposed to feel I'm supposed to empathize with him, like I still can't just help but feel like, Oh my god, you probably deserve this dog. But yeah, as they go to wasn't the next day they go to they actually go to the Grand Canyon, right? Mm. And then that night, the stranger enters the room again, and then they proceed to stab Sam in his neck using the switchblade that they had earlier, uh, filming essentially like his uh, yep. his dying moments as he chokes on his own blood, and then uh, the camera shows that the killer was the woman. Wearing like a weird, like a weird mask, kind of like a stranger's mask. It looked kind yeah. of like the stranger's the, very,
0: the stranger's, you know?
1: yeah, the porcelain
0: doll mask.
1: Yeah, and while she's cleaning it, it you know she shows you know that shows that her and uh, Stephanie start damn near making love on top of, <laughs> on top of like Sam's body, but it reveals that Stephanie's lover. Yeah, and the recording cuts around uh, them just kind of driving away. Um. And yeah, like it turns out that the fortune teller was right. It just it didn't it did specify who was the one that was supposed to meet up with the loved one. And that pretty much uh, wraps yeah. up Second Honeymoon, which takes us to Tuesday, the 17th.
0: So this is probably. I know we talked about this kind of like one. the supernatural element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about supernatural elements and stuff like that. And I think the first one obviously had supernatural bent because you're dealing with the demon. The second one was not supernatural at all. No. It was more of like human horror. And it was a bit of a home invasion kind of film. Kind of like The Strangers. And then the third one is very clearly going for slasher, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's something that's clearly based on Friday the 13th. Uh, which is why it's called Tuesday the 17th. <laughs> and it's like a group <laughs> of like these 20-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a group of these 20-year-olds that are going to like a lake together um and it's so weird because it feels like they're people that know each other specifically obviously there's our main character and her boyfriend but then there's also these two other characters that i guess are friends with them but they don't look like they're friends with each other it's it's like you know these are very clearly people that like maybe they've hung out together before but this is probably the first time that specifically the four of them have come to do this kind of outing. It feels so like yeah it's like, it feels like um, one
1: person knows all of them and that's how they're all connected. Yeah. In some weird way, right. shape, or form. Um yeah, Wendy's kind of the one leading the group. Uh every once in a while kind of mentioning um kind of like she's leading the group through the forest and always talking about like how she'd been up there with friends before. And it's like, as the camera pans over, we get, like, weird tracking errors and kind of some glitches in the camera and, like, the actual feed. And it's interesting because every time you see it, it mm-hmm. kind of reveals something mutilated, something dead, right? Like, there's a part where we see kind of, like, a corpse of a of a pig um, in that, uh, like, later on as they're kind of smoking weed and hanging out, Wendy reveals that she went out there with her friends um, last year and that there was a murderer that ended up killing them. Mm -hmm. I don't think she revealed it was her friends. I think she just mentioned it was random people. Uh, But the group kind of like assumes it's a joke and laughs it off. When the group kind of gets separated, Spider and Samantha uh, go off on their own while uh, Joey and Wendy are together. Uh, Samantha has like a knife just thrown at her face um, it's just I laugh because it's the over the top <laughs> violence of a slasher movie um, and when a uh, spider attempts to run he ends up getting stabbed in the head uh, by this strange um, this strange like, slasher that doesn't have any features anytime the camera goes over him uh, it just registers the the killer as a uh, tracking error, and I guess um at least here they call him the glitch. Uh, at least uh, he's credited as the is credited mm-hmm. as the glitch. Um, and when we cut back to Joey and Wendy, um, the this is where Wendy gets really weird and just asks Joey straight up if if he wants to fuck. And she's, and Joey's just like, "What are you talking about? This is—I'm trying to find my friends." And then uh, this is when Wendy reveals that she was serious about the story about the murders and talks about how they were actually uh, her friends. And she reveals also to Joey that she brought them up essentially as bait, so that she can get her revenge and kill mm-hmm. the glitch once and for all. And it's at that point that the glitch attacks it's Joey.
0: Yeah, no. She goes full Sydney Prescott, Laurie Strode, uh, final girl, survivor uh, at the
1: end of this. But even the, even as a final girl, she's unlikable because it's like you went and got everyone killed. <laughs> so Joey immediately gets his, yeah. uh,
0: his well, only because the perspective.
1: Yeah, only the
0: perspective, right? Because because you're stepping into again. You're not watching this from the beginning. This isn't a full length movie where it starts with a vignette of like her and her original friends going out. Yeah. Like it starts in the middle. Yeah. In maybe like, yes, where yes. most movies, like what most movies would, would consider the middle
1: or even the climax. Really? Like this feels like this is supposed mm-hmm. to be part of the climax of the movie. Right. Um, but yeah, Joey gets his throat slit when Wendy ends up running away. Uh, she manages to lure the glitch into a couple traps, including a pit trap and a bear trap. um, and when she gets up close, like the, the tracking error like like gets more intense and it like swipes at her, ends up cutting her hand um but she ends up leading him into another trap where it's like uh like these spikes kind of impale him, and as she watches um. You know, as she watches the spikes impale him, she starts gloating over the uh the glo uh gloating over the glitch, saying, I killed you, I finally got you. Um however, she makes the mistake of taking the camera off of the body, which then lets the glitch uh jump to a different frame, allowing him to uh get the drop on her, where he ends up ripping her stomach out. Um and I guess the movie implies, or I guess the last part of this uh, short implies that uh, when her body's convulsing at the end, she is becoming another glitch. This clip has so much going on in it that I actually want the full movie. <laughs> because what it does, which I found <laughs> really interesting, is it, ex- it, ex- it 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 tries to establish rules on how the glitch can operate and how it can move. Um And when you think you're starting to figure out the rules, turns out the rules change. <laughs> so this is a really interesting and I feel very ambitious. I feel might be um, as far as storytelling wise, this might be the most ambitious of the five uh, Vignettes we watch.
0: It's my least favorite of all the shorts that we've watched. Really? Just I think it, it's too derivative of other things that we've seen before. Um, and I feel like it's not as interesting as it thinks it is, mm-hmm. but I could be in the minority. It's just to me, for some reason, it feels like the least interesting of all the
1: vignettes. And I, and that's why I kind of want the full movie of this one, because it feels like there's something, it feels like there's something there. It feels like there is it, like, they're trying to make a good movie. <laughs> there's a chance of a good slasher coming it out It has here. the most
0: potential for feature length.
1: I, I, I agree. I feel that this has a high potential to turn into a feature length. I just but you're right, there all there is also this weird feeling of like being too much like every while well, everything else feels more original. This feels like like you said, even by the name, it's a joke on Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> like uh at the end of the day, this is derivative of other stuff. I do feel there is cool potential because I think the glitch is a great fucking it has the possibility of being a great like movie monster especially since it plays with the fact that we can't see it and the fact that it plays with actual filmmaking um so the hence why uh a uh, found footage kind of really lends itself to being like oh yeah a director is fighting literally a creature that only exists on film that sounds like a very interesting plot <laughs> you know um but yeah, I think hmm. uh, like you said, it's just derivative of stuff of other slashers. So, uh, I feel like there's potential there if you put this in the hands of the right director and the right like, you know, production company. There there could be something.
0: The sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger.
1: Mm. <laughs> this is
0: a horrifying segment for me. <laughs> I think I forgot it. This one I completely forgot about. I forgot about this and one too. Yeah. I thought it was so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like you're on FaceTime or on you know Skype, which is what we were using, guys, before we were using Zoom. Mm-hmm. Skype was like kind of that original like video conferencing thing from Microsoft. It <laughs> was eventually bought up by Microsoft. Um, so it's so it is the story of Emily and her boyfriend James. So James is, I guess, going to be a doctor. He's in school right now, finishing mm-hmm. up med school or something. And uh Emily's his girlfriend, and they mm. both live in different places. They're obviously separated by lots of distance. Um and you know what start off with uh, Emily mentioning
1: No, I was gonna say, you know what overcomes distances? Asking your girlfriend to send you today pictures <laughs> over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, like, yeah, like you said, you can very much tell they're like a loving couple who's just separated by a distance at the moment,
0: yeah, and uh, so they they're you know chatting, and Emily like mentioned that there's like a strange bump on her arm, um, and how it reminds her of an accident that she had before when she was younger, um I guess this is like a new place that she moved into because she's like picking up the the laptop this is before all of our phones had cameras where we could live stream calls guys so <laughs> FaceTime wasn't as prevalent as it is now uh she picks up the desk you know her laptop and starts showing around the apartment um Emily hears noises outside the door which I guess is like you know hey it, I think it's an apartment right that she's in so it's like that kind of makes sense you would hear noises in another spot
1: absolutely but, i mean if you're um, sharing if you're sharing space with other people it's just she has a really big apartment where it looks like her apartment is yes. like an entire floor of a house so <laughs> she gets the lovely the the lovely uh little pitter patter of feet running across her hardwood floor like horrifying oh god but yeah, she gets a lot of visitations from uh, spirits and what looks like what looks to be little kids' ghosts of all things. And now uh, that you have, oh God, you have a child sized thing in your house that can cause ghostly hauntings too. <laughs> child?
0: Like an actual
1: child? Like an actual child, yes. <laughs> yes, my goddaughter.
0: <laughs> yes, a child like demon in your house. You mean my child? Like my actual kid?
1: Yeah, exactly. What do you call those things, kids? (laughs) Uh, Like you said, Emily, um, continue seeing these little entities kind of... The worst part is they, like, run into her room and slam the door shut. Yeah. And and all I can think about is...
0: It's very paranormal activity.
1: All I can think about is, man, who's in in my house slamming all these goddamn doors? Oh man, but yeah, she's very clearly uh, experiencing a haunting and uh, you know, she really wants um, the doctor boyfriend, crap, what was his name?
0: No. James. um, James.
1: Yeah, she really wants James's kind of help um, with being able to take pictures and find proof so that way she doesn't feel like she's going. Like, she's losing it, you know?
0: Get the impression that he might be. He seems like he genuinely cares about her, but there's like a certain thing in his voice that makes me think master gaslighter. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> the real horror in this movie is the gaslighting of women by mid white men.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it's it's it. She is like mentioning, you know, she she does investigation to discover, you know, what the potential entity is. Um, you know, talk to talks to the landlord, uh, mentions it, and the landlord tells her obviously that no kids have ever lived in that apartment, or that you know nobody has died in there, and she's not really convinced. So, during you know, it's like she she continues to kind of like try to do what you're not supposed to do, and that is like draw whatever the entity is out, mm-hmm. while simultaneously the thing that you completely keep forgetting about is the fact that she starts, like, messing with and picking with her, uh, you know, her that spot where she said it's bothering her. And this freaks me out because, you know, my kid has, like, eczema, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, and sometimes I get, like, like, itchiness in certain spots where it's, like, it's so unbearable that all you do is scratch. That it's, like, I've had dreams where I'll have, like, a hole in my skin where something happens and I start, like pulling until you make it worse and stuff like that have you ever had dreams like that because honestly like i do have dreams like that so it's like the more emily starts to mess with her hand Mm -hmm. or the mess with her arm and their skin it freaks me out (laughs) i
1: I too like i too like my goddaughter have eczema so i've scratched myself when oh i've realized i started bleeding and i'm like oh scratched too hard and I've yeah so I've been there I know exactly what that feels like and how creepy kind of that sensation gets To
0: and the absolute worst is like the fact that she is very much talking to him like just having a casual conversation with him on camera while using a fork that she was using to that she would use to eat to start digging inside the hole in her arm it causes me to squirm when I see stuff like that.
1: And she does it without even like. Uh, without even an ounce of pain on her face. She's just like no it's fine you see. And then she just keeps trying yeah. to dig it. Into the wound. <laughs> I was like oh yeah. this is crazy. He's digging
0: it in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's like he's begging her to stop. He's saying please don't stop. It's going to become infected. It's going to become infected. What he, where I, where I know that he is. Danger, danger, danger. Is when he says he'll check it when he gets there in a week. Like, go to the emergency <laughs> room right now because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to have to get your arm amputated. <laughs> when Emily like, con- tries to contact this kid like at night, mm-hmm. during the day is when you saw her digging in her arm with the fork. At night, she decides to try to look for this other ghost kid. And uh, she finds it. Uh, she finds two of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they, like, I don't know what happens with them when she, like, runs into them. But uh, she, like, ends up
1: falling. Well, they knock her ass out.
0: basically knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They give her a knuckle sandwich.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. They, like, double clothesline her ass. <laughs> Just fucking two-piece combo real quick. <laughs> and then in <laughs> probably what is one of the craziest twists, it's revealed that these two Victorian children aren't actually ghosts they're actually space aliens <laughs> and that they've been communicating with James using, um, using Emily as like a an alien baby incubator. And that, uh, no. they watch as James has to like remove the baby fetus and the, or the alien fetus. And then it's revealed that, uh, her arm wound was where they inserted the tracking device. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to reinsert mm-hmm. it somewhere else that she can't notice. Um, yeah, th- mm-hmm. she's still a viable host, but we're going to have to break some bones to explain this one. And he ends up like, snapping her arm like while she's unconscious, and I'm just like, what is
0: oh, happening? This is probably, when you talk about movies that you want to get a full release, this one I'd love for it to get a full release. But again, it works much better as a short, because the twists in all of this, is besides the fact that Emily is an alien baby incubator uh, that's like producing these ungodly like alien human hybrids, uh, you find you you like cut to another video call. You know uh, after well after the last segment that we get with Emily, we find out that she doesn't remember anything that happened to her.
1: Um,
0: obviously, like she has been she has been convinced. That the accident, that whatever she had, the accident was something that she had done. Uh, They diagnose her as having uh, mental issues, potentially being schizophrenic, right? Essentially, yeah. Schizophrenic, and they give her, like, medicine, I guess. Yeah, and basically, like, she's the one apologizing to him for basically being crazy, Mm -hmm. which is, it's hard to watch something like that because obviously, like, now we live in a world where at least we're starting to try to understand mental illness a lot more than we did in years past so it is it's uncomfortable and it's kind of sad to like watch her like apologize to this scumbag Mm -hmm. it it very much reminds me of something like Rosemary's Baby like she's very innocent and she is being done wrong by her shithead boyfriend uh, and the other people around her which in this case are like literal fucking space aliens (laughs) But after she, like, has that tearful, like, conversation with him, they hang up, um, and then next thing you know, you find out that uh, James is chatting with another girl who's also showing titties to him on camera, and she also has the same bump on her arm, and then you find out that this guy is literally just helping these aliens by... Allowing as much I guess more than one you, mm-hmm. You're left to assume that it could just be Dozens of women He's That are out here becoming give. alien incubators Because
1: of this guy He's just out here giving away all our women Betraying the human race Fuck him, <laughs> Piece of shit <laughs> And yeah that pretty much wraps up Our That wraps up uh, That Vignette uh, Which takes us to the final Tape 56 scene this is where um I mentioned before uh the final remaining members of the scumbag crew end up getting killed by this zombie zombified old man. Um as he's uh, as the final one is being killed, the frame story ends. However, the guy manages to put the uh final tape into the VCR which starts playing by itself. And this one is revealed to be Ten thirty-one ninety-eight, 98, or pretty much Halloween night, 1998. So this is the one that was uh, directed and written by radio silence. So on Halloween, 1998, a group of friends are dressed up getting ready for a party. We got Tyler who's dressed as a big old teddy bear and planted with a nanny cam. So he's our cameraman. Uh He meets up with Chad, Matt, and Paul. <laughs> These are such alpha names. <laughs> Chad, Matt, and Paul Uh, but one of them is (laughs) dressed as a Unabomber the other one is a pirate and the other is a marine fun fact in Scream 6 I think it was um, a bunch of people you can actually see a bunch of uh, characters in that first party scene where Tara is at the frat house um, dressed up as the uh, the radio silence guys from uh, this clip
0: yeah, that's a good Easter egg, because I would never thought about that or, or 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 noticed that, and now the next time I watch Scream 6, I will pay attention for it.
1: Dude, like, if, yeah, next time you watch Scream 6, just trying to pay attention to just Easter eggs, there is so many. Like, the only reason I knew about that one was because of uh, the Deadbeat podcast, uh, when Radio Silence talked about it, because <laughs> uh, they had them on there. Um, but yeah, they're on their way to a Halloween party at a friend's house. Um, and yeah, this one's real simple. Uh, as they approach the house, they start thinking they're at the wrong place, seeing as how the house is very, it looks very empty that there's no one in it. Um, they sneak inside, uh, because they assume they're just the first people to arrive at the party. Uh, but while they're in the house, they start experiencing a lot of like weird paranormal um, a lot of paranormal things, like, you know, floating things kind of floating, mm-hmm. a lot of creepy doors and stuff closing by itself. So they just assume that what they're in is like a haunted house, um, or like one of those live haunt, uh, one of those live haunt, haunt dealies. Um, and as they work their way through the house, uh, our four characters, uh, get up to the attic. Or they end up seeing a bunch of guys surrounding a young woman uh, who's being kind of held up by uh, ropes from the rafters, and essentially they walk in on a uh, on a uh, exorcism, um, where a lot of these men are chanting "Cast you down to the demon." Uh, yeah. towards this woman, and these <laughs> four jackasses start joining in. <laughs> so they start Dude, thinking. they what what what?
0: Like, I get that you thought you were going to a party, but when you get in there, it's not like there's girls everywhere. Like, it's literally these like creepy looking Amish guys. Like, and, and not to be insulting people who are Amish, because people who are Amish are obviously not like. <laughs> devil worshippers. No, no,
1: you know what like, the Amish like these are guys being...
0: were very clearly not party goers or not people that would be at this Halloween party.
1: Nah nah dude go after the Amish what are they gonna do? They can't hear us. <laughs> they don't know we they don't know what are they gonna do? Listen to us on their, you know, two cups with a string on it <laughs> <laughs> No, what's funny is the Amish have been getting a lot of like raw deals in horror lately because there's that next of kin paranormal activity movie where like Yes Yeah, same thing where there was like demons affecting the Amish. But yeah, these fucking idiots just start kinda of chanting along with these, <laughs> with these guys trying to exorcise the demon. <laughs> and this kinda of, this ends up pissing off uh exorcists um who begin to try to like attack the woman um and while like are the the four guys are trying to like help her kind of escape or help her get free um essentially she starts being uh she like starts well she doesn't do it but like these dark shadows kind of take take on life and something starts attacking um all the exorcists and um yeah, originally the guys start uh getting freaked out and start running away from uh what's ha- from what's going on. Um but when they get down to the first floor, and this is the part where uh, my understanding is they do it with cool uh practical effects, but they do the part where like the hands start pushing through the wall to try to grab it. <laughs> and there's like, oh, a lot of Yeah, uh, it's that's pretty creepy. Dude, they do a lot of cool like f- like physical effects of just like elongating windows and just like warping kind of your sense of space in the inside the house. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. So these guys end up uh, growing a conscience and running back upstairs to try to save the girl. So they end up grabbing her, run back downstairs through the house, and they end up escaping through the basement. Um... Which uh then they all kind of scooby doo style manage to pile into the car uh as they try to make their escape, um kind of the radio starts playing, and suddenly, as the car stops, um the girl disappears, and the guys are unable to get out of the car as the girl um screams at them, a train is coming uh as the car stops on you know stalls out on these tracks. No one is able to escape, and suddenly the you know the video ends as this train just demolishes and completely destroys the car uh with all the uh with everyone inside right However, there is an alternate ending to this movie or to this flick um the radio song's called the oh. a joke ending, where the boys manage to unlock the door at the last possible minute. And they actually managed to escape the car getting smashed by the train. So you see the the car explode. Um and the four did guys. Did they post this
0: on YouTube? Or
1: I did think they, they put
0: this online somehow? Because I swear to god, I feel like I've seen this ending that you're talking about.
1: I think they did. They must have. Like it must be available on YouTube by now. It's been like fourteen years. <laughs> but yeah, that... <laughs> There's this, yeah. There's a the good ending, I guess you can say, where they sur- the boys survive and talk about how awesome the experience was.
0: So, all right. So, I guess uh, now that we've gotten through that, you know, I guess uh, the next thing that I can ask is, uh, Javi, do you <laughs> like VHS?
1: I do, and I'm actually, you know, I'm gonna say I do like it. Uh, I think everyone should watch it at least once. I do think it's a really cool project that, especially of its time. Uh, just to see a lot of it's always cool to see young new filmmakers and even old filmmakers like you know you got creep show which was another example of uh one of these types of uh movies where i think stephen king and Mm -hmm. dario argento got to make some shorts like it's always fun to see what people have you know um and i'm actually gonna rank them
0: which is which is not it, it, it's it's an anthology series it's not like different directors or an all-star director cast like this one is but mm-hmm. you know horror, horror anthologies are interesting and I really like them and of course everyone knows that I'm a huge fan of stuff like Twilight Zone so
1: I love <laughs> True. that so. so I'm gonna rank them in you know one through five real quick of which one I like the most at least uh, and again not saying that it, it, any of them are inherently bad it's just you know my preference if you don't like it well fuck it <laughs> So I got to put Amateur Night, the one about Arsakibus at number one. I thought of all of them, that was the most concise, well-contained, best-paced, and kind of like, you know, good story, you know? Um, As far as the short goes. Uh, From there, I go uh, Tuesday the 17th. I feel like Tuesday the 17th, like I said, there's a lot going on there that I want to see expanded. Um... I I mean, I think that's the only reason it ranks so high is the fact that I kind of want to see it. Uh, I want to see more of it, which I think might be actually kind of cheating. Uh, because from there I go, I say ten thirty one ninety eight is really good. The practical effects are, are great. Very short, concise, um, stays within the realm, establishes rules, follows the rules of a really good short. I think, um, yeah, definitely uh, a strong one to end the movie on, too. Um, sick Thing That Happened to Emily is number four. Uh, it's just creepy. Anything with ghost kids is creepy. <laughs> and, yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, not, and again, not knocking it. Second Honeymoon is is spooky, and there is an audience for it. It's just not me, but I'm going to have to put Second Honeymoon at number five. How did you like VHS?
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely I liked it. I was the person who told you to watch it, and I started preaching the gospel of this movie after I'd seen it. So definitely like it. Uh, Coming back to it, I really like this idea you have of ranking all the different vignettes, because I'm going to go ahead and do that as well. I think I'll start with my least favorite, which I think I already kind of mentioned, Tuesday the 17th. Uh, It just wasn't really that interested in it it's too derivative of other things that I've seen before and though I enjoyed it it really wasn't something I was super interested in um, number four I would rank amateur night probably because even though it is really creepy and does have like probably the the image of Lily which I remember most <laughs> leaving the theater that night and the thing I that that I just most the, the image I most associate with it um it's it's good. It's just uh, it's I I think it's not as much my favorite vignette as it used to be when I first saw it. So that one is my number four. Uh, my number three is ten thirty one ninety eight. I do think just like you, it is a really good uh, vignette to end it on. Um, I like exorcisms and haunted house stuff. So like the push the hands coming out of the walls and pushing them was definitely creepy, and I enjoyed it. And again, it it's. It's not really as horrifying as the other stuff. There's creepy stuff that happens in it, but it, it, what I do like about it is the fact that it is like a you and a group of friends going through something scary. So like it is scary, but at the same time, it also just feels like a party the whole time <laughs> with the people that you're hanging out with. Yeah, that's um, true. The third, the third movie, the third uh, vignette. Uh, it's the second honeymoon i actually do think it's very creepy so it works better for me and i i, I am that audience you're talking about that this <laughs> works for so i definitely think it's creepy uh my second favorite is the sick thing that happened to emily when she was younger because it really was a good it really it really was good and, and i didn't remember it being as horrifying as it was so mm-hmm. uh, definitely found that a lot creepier um i guess well i guess that might actually be my first right because i did I, already, yeah. did I already go through all of them
1: yeah because you yeah, said tuesday the I, 17th uh then you said amateur night then you said
0: ten thirty 31 10 honeymoon and sick thing that happened to Emily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's the order that, that I that I have these in now.
1: I think that very much captures the uh, two types of horror fans that we are, and that you're a lot more of the <laughs> atmospheric type and I'm a lot more of the blood and guts type.
0: <laughs> right. But funny enough, I mean something like ten thirty-one ninety-eight, which I didn't really enjoy as much the first time I watched it, and probably does feel a little bit more like uh something you'd be into. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than, than I did fun. when
1: I first saw it. I'll, I'll give Radio Silence a lot of credit. They they made something fun where both endings are totally valid, in my opinion, whether you want to go the dark yep. nihilistic where all everyone dies or where the boys find a way to survive at the last minute. like I'm perfectly cool with either ending.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, we'd like to thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the show. we really like to thank you guys for hanging in there while we came back to the show, I know it's a hiatus like this that was unplanned for so long. It's very easy to kind of either end shows or, you know, not be sure if the podcast was ever going to come back. But you know, we're here to assure you, besides the fact that we did, came back to do VHS, uh, we are here to assure you that the show is absolutely not ending <laughs> and that we are ramping it back up. Uh, For the season that we're spooky season that we're coming up on, Mm. and uh, we're very excited to be talking horror movies uh, from now up until Halloween, probably. So, uh, again, we'll look out for the release of uh, you know the list of movies that we're going to be doing between now and then, and uh, we really hope that you guys can continue to follow us on social media, interact with us on Instagram if you can, Um, and just yeah I appreciate you guys hanging in there with us uh while we yeah. through these scheduling
1: issues yeah we really do apologize for uh leaving you hanging for such a long time um yeah, we had a lot of life changes, a lot of cool things happen um a lot of unprecedented things to happen during this time too that angel and I have been yeah just kind of like trying to get our trying to get our stuff together outside of the podcast. But we're both happy to be in a good place where uh, we feel comfortable jumping back in, uh, talking about you know all kinds of cinema, and don't y'all worry, all right? Like we will not end until I finally get J.J. Abrams to apologize for that second Star Wars trilogy.
0: <laughs> we look forward to uh, having you guys join us again next week, and uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys continuing to follow us and deal and live with the show and enjoy the show and interact us and love us as much as we love
1: you (laughs) later y'all